Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Yes, yes, yes. You are now rocking with the best in prime time. It is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast in prime time. Today, me and G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, are going to break things down. Roseanne got fired. Pusha T came back at Drake. Serena Williams is back in business. And unranked and still kicking ass, plus one of the best players in NBA history to never make an all-star game. He kicked ass with ice water in his veins. My main man, Mike Bibby, is going to break down his thoughts on the Golden State Warriors and a little bit of NBA talk with my man. Yo, he was ice cold Mike Bibby with the Kings throughout his entire career. But first, me and G. Moody are going to set the table. It's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast in prime time. Miles Jordan, let me start this shit with something funky. All right. G. Moody. Yo. Last name rhymes with duty. We are... uh, Hours away from the NBA Finals. We know where you stand. You nervous? You fuck you? <laughs> nope. You're not nervous? Nope. Everybody says uh, my guys are not going to win a game. Uh, underestimate, underestimating one of the greats. I'm oh. not going to go. I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to say oh. I got him 
I got LeBron to win this shit. Okay. I know it sounds crazy. Okay. But, hey, it he was you, down 3-1. Oh, so, so, so you don't look at your guy as an underdog because it, it's weird because I've noticed. And you, you tell me if you agree with this. You, you, you're, you, G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. You're, you're sitting there saying he's the best. He's this. Uh, a few days ago, everybody's he's better than Jordan. He's better than this one. He's better than that one. And then all of a sudden, when he gets to match up against the Golden State Warriors, all of a sudden, he's Rudy. All, all of a sudden, he's Chuck Webner. All of a sudden, he's this big end, big underdog. 270 pounds, six foot nine, greatest player of all time. Is somehow uh, uh, we're supposed to feel sorry because he's an underdog uh, because Golden State has this player, Golden State has that player. Do, do you feel like your guy, you don't feel like he's an underdog. You feel like he's going to win. Hell no. And he's not an underdog. They, they're just acknowledging he got a bunch of fucking winos that he brought to the finals. Oh. So people are acknowledging the lackluster teammates. Okay. And they're saying, wow. He brought those guys here. Now, let's see this dude. If he could get it done, he is the greatest with these motherfuckers. Oh, if he gets it done with them, you won't hear a peep out of me ever again. Uh, yeah, right. No, 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 You'll no, no. say something. Listen, You'll say something. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. See, no, you shut up. I just <laughs> said, if he gets it done, yeah. well, I'll be backed into a corner. Even me, the MVP of talking trash, unfortunately, I'll be backed into a corner. But it ain't going to happen. Um, Kevin Durant is going to bust his ass. You really think that? Uh, you really think he that? He did it last year. No, he didn't. Yo, this motherfucker, aver he averaged 34. Who, who's getting their ass bust? Kevin Durant I mean, averaged... Dude, this Kevin dude's Durant. averaging triple-double. You think this dude is better than him? Yo, yo, I'm not, talking about better. I'm not talking about better than him. I'm not talking about anything. I was at two of the games. Kevin Durant... He had two good games. He averaged 35 Yo. last year against him. And, and, and LeBron averaged what? what so, so what you saying? Who won? <laughs> you're acting they, like they this won. shit is... Yo, and, you... and, and, and my man won the year before. Yo. And then your man went to the team that got all the all-stars. You, 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 you talking in the past, Duke. You, you still talking about 2012. I'm telling you what's going to happen. Your man's getting his ass cracked, and it's going to end in five games. Yeah, you were saying that this whole playoffs, each team, you said you're a broken record. Uh, you said the same uh, fucking thing. Toronto, Indiana, this one, how's he going to make it with them? Yo, that was all. See. That was all for the gram. You you'll know see. what it is, Duke. You know you what it you, is, Duke. You don't know what it is. You know what it is, Duke. Let's make a bet. Let's you you tell me what you want to make the bet since you since you since you want to be Mr. Predictions and you think I, oh I, and you think you I, I think he's you think he's you. with Buster Douglas I don't got a fucking bet you <laughs> make Fuck a fucking bet. bet no you make Fuck, a fucking I, bet I, I say I, I tell you what it's going to be the Cleveland Cavs will win and Fuck then when the they bet. don't I ain't win I got to bet you when they don't win when this when he's when this series is five games boom what are you going to say he lost. The fuck? What, what? What you want me to say? See, he lost. so it's easy to go out there and be like, "Oh, he's gonna win," and then there's no ramifications. I want some ramifications for your words. What? What? Well, if I lose, then I lose. That's the ramification. Why don't you just pick your man and say, "Yo, he's gonna win," and we'll see. They're gonna bust their ass in five games again. Okay. That three okay. and one shit was a fluke. Okay. Yeah. Everything. It's a fluke. Three and one. Three, and th yo, think about that. In the finals, this is your crew with all the, the Draymond the great guy, shooters. Draymond got him suspended. That was your man. Oh, uh, oh, okay, okay. 
It can't just be, yo, he's nice and he won. Your man with the burner accounts on the sucker shit. These are, see, this, that's your crew. <laughs> These dudes. Money with the burner accounts critiquing himself. <laughs> yo, you, you could keep talking about burner accounts and leaving OKC. And you put up, you had Mr. Morris, the minister of defense. The artistic director of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast do a thing saying, leaving OKC. No one <laughs> wants to play with Russell Westbrook. You should be commending Kevin Durant for getting the fuck out of there while he still had his knees intact. I'm moving on. Your guy's getting his ass kicked. Okay. Speaking of burner accounts, I need to step my burner account game up because Brian Colangelo... Is about that burner account life. Brian Colangelo of the Philadelphia 76ers, the president of basketball operations of the Philadelphia 76ers, is accused of having up to five burner accounts. This is so way out there. The president of basketball operations, the guy who's in charge of all things basketball contracts, who we're signing, Mr. Trust the Process. Apparently had five burner accounts where he was talking shit about Jalil Okaford, Joel Embiid, snitching saying Jalil Okaford passed, uh, failed, failed a physical and all kinds of crazy. Have you heard this story? Yeah, yeah, man. Yo, he's a fucking sock. He's a sock puppet. A sock puppet GM with burner accounts. Immediate fire. There's no, once we investigate and we find out you got more than one, it's over, man. You, 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 how you gonna embarrass the Philadelphia organization? They look like clowns. And that dude, man, sock puppet, lamb chop. I really need to step up the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast burner account game because this is a reality out there. Other companies have burner accounts. And, and if, if anything good comes from this, people with the burner accounts um, uh, are going to get blown up because this guy is, the, he runs, he makes, he essentially makes all basketball decisions for the Philadelphia 76ers and he had five burner accounts? <laughs> what an immature, you can't have this that guy. This dude's like 60 and, years old. Yeah, you can't have that guy running the team uh, uh, with burner accounts. Yo, get rid of this dude so you can look serious in the public. Um, one thing we're going to do on uh, this particular primetime episode of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is we are going to answer more questions from the fans. Primetime subscribers, premium subscribers of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, you can call us anytime, leave a message. We will answer your questions. We are going to play the shout out today and we're going to answer all the questions from the fans today on this Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, in prime time. Speaking of Instagram, burner accounts, getting fucked up uh, uh, social media, Roseanne Barr has probably ended her mainstream career as a television actress. Roseanne Barr most likely will probably never be on mainstream television, network television ever again. Everybody knows the story. Um, she made a comment on Instagram uh, comparing Valerie Jarrett or Jarrett, uh, to uh, uh, Planet of the Apes, meets uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, 
Wanda Sykes went on Twitter and said she's quitting the show. A couple hours later, ABC canceled the Roseanne Barr show, um, which is fucked up for everybody but Roseanne because 250 people that were working on a show who had nothing to do with Roseanne, grips, hair and makeup people, wardrobe, electricians, and so on and so on, out of work because of Roseanne Barr. Um, The double standards were brought up by the president himself. Kathy Griffin, uh, Jamel Hill, neither one of them are fired. I'm going to throw this at you, G. Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Do you think Roseanne Barr, uh, uh, her show should have been canceled? Yeah, you should be fired. And think about it. Was it absolutely necessary for her to tweet that bullshit when she tweeted it? And she said Ambien is uh, responsible, like, you know, the after effects. No, it just unlocked shit that was in your mind, and the drug just made you more, uh, you know, you lose the in, uh, inhibition, the and you just put it out. So that's what it is, and you should lose the show, and the people that you fucked over on the show that had nothing to do with this, they should step to your ass and sue you mm-hmm. for all that lost wages. Fuck that. They can't, can't sue her. That. They can't sue her. Cause she, she, they should he, do something. Step to this. Do something, man. Yo, how you going to do that? You're the star, right? The star is the lead. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the leader. Doing that, and I saw some shit on a post about with her and a Hitler thing. I don't know what that was about. I'm just saying, why do that? Yeah, she That's she totally unnecessary. But but then Dick Stain, Donald Trump, and uh, uh and Sarah Huckabee, uh, they came out today pointing about uh the the double standards of Kathy Griffin. Although he tried to ruin Kathy Griffin, uh, and Jamel Hill. Uh, That's true. That's that's true too. This she had this dude, the president's head cut off. And what happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's true, too. That can't be just discounted. That, that makes perfect sense. And now you know? people are calling for the firing of Bill Maher, who, of course, said uh, he, he, he had used the, the N-word earlier in the year. People went crazy. He apologized, apologized, apologized. He apologized to Ice Cube uh, uh, on, 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 a, on an episode. That was, that was the, the show back. He, he had Ice Cube on. He apologized to Ice Cube. Um, and now people are saying he should have he been fired yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to hold it to the same standard, right? She got, she was gone. So what, what happened? Why, why not him? That's a fair question. Um, and also uh, within the last 24 hours, Donald Trump, for some reason, was having a pep rally in Tennessee. And somehow, some way, because he always figures out a way to bring up Hillary Clinton even though he, it would be like if Dr. J was talking about the one game that they lost in the playoffs uh, when they won the championship. You already won the championship. Why are you talking about the one game you lost? Remember they went four, they wanted to go 4-4-4 four, 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 and they went 4-5-4. Four, four. If Dr. J was still crying over the one game that they lost, even though they won the championship, this is like Donald Trump. He's still talking about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> hey, rub it, rub it in their faces, Donald. At a pep rally in Tennessee, also, I don't know why you're having a pep rally, Duke. I, I, I don't know why you're having a pep rally, Duke. Um, he went on to talk about Jay-Z's filthy language and how Jay-Z was up there and he, it, the words he was saying were so dirty and he made me look like Mr. Clean and he gets bigger crowds than Jay-Z and Jay-Z and the words he was, he was, he was like acting like he was like 
playing around like he was so offended by Jay-Z's filthy language and, and, and how he had Hillary Clinton up there and he still lost and yada, yada, yada. Why are you talking about Jay-Z, Duke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't answer that. Keep hove out your mouth, Duke. We, we know how you get down, Dick Stain. You're on tape talking about grabbing pussies. That's some cool G rapping polo shit that never made it to the album type of shit. That's like some NWA shit. That's like some Easy E, Luther Campbell, Two Live Crew shit. And you're talking about Jay Z? And you're like coyly offended, like, oh, he was offended by Jay Z. And he's doing like his fake, oi, oi, like, you ain't Jewish, Duke. Don't do, don't do our affectations. That's Jew shit. We don't, we, we, don't, we don't fuck with you. And then the world's biggest reality star met the former world's biggest reality star today. Kim Kardashian went to the White House to talk to Dick Stain Donald Trump about prison reform. And to get somebody pardoned. Get the woman, a woman pardoned. And I will bet that she pulls it off. She's going to go in there with a low-cut dress, some mascara on, batting her eyes, trying to act all professional, but she knows how to throw around her, her sexuality and charm the pants off of Donald Trump, who we know is a pussy chaser in denial. He's, on, he's like on the lamb. He's like, he's like the Henry Hill of chasing skirt right now. You know he wants to be getting nuts, but he can't. He's going to smell that Kardashian pussy. That Kardashian snapper, that perfume, that magic that they have. And I will bet you she gets this woman pardoned. All right. We'll see. I don't think so. That, that, I guarantee you she does it. I guarantee, and I guarantee you she does it. She, she, she's got the pizzazz. Those women know how to charm. They know how to talk. She's probably been practicing. She's been schooled. She knows what to say. She's going to disarm this dude. And, and I, I'll bet you she gets this woman pardoned. Oh, okay, it's just for one person, or is it really prison reform? Are you just going there for one person, or is it for the whole system? I, I don't know. I don't fact check, but I know specifically there's one person that she, oh, she, she, she has a vested interest in. Oh, uh, that sucks. <laughs> Finally, with the Kardashian slash Jenners slash reality stars, I'm very concerned about potential NBA Rookie of the Year. He's dating Kendall Jenner. Ben Simmons of the forementioned Philadelphia 76ers. Ben, what are you doing? What are you doing? You see what you see what she did to my man Blake Griffin. My man Blake Griffin got a hold of Kendall Jenner, and now he's in Detroit. And you fucking around. You 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 you're playing with fire. Damn. Another one. I mean, they should just have them chicks at the combine, at the NBA combine. Just just sizing motherfuckers it's up. It's like it's like the movie Get Out. It literally is like the movie Get Out. Like they just like yeah. pluck them off of Instagram. Yeah, they're all rookies. They all yeah. Yeah, they get the Man. young guns. Yeah, they should be at the combine. They should just be at the draft. Naked. Adam Silver and instead of instead of having Adam Silver announce the number one pick, let the Kardashians go up there and announce the number one pick, and let them just yeah. pluck them, pluck them, pluck them like fucking like, like, apples off a tree. <laughs> like those old boxing girls that come out with the cards. They come out naked with the draft number. <laughs> um, 
All right, let me let me take some phone calls uh, from some of the people that we had uh, call into the show. Again, you can reach us at 213-457-3704. Call us anytime. We're answering all questions from all the fans. You can give us shout-outs, but questions are fantastic. Question number one comes from... Hey, my name is Angie, and my question is a joint question for both of you. Since you've been friends for a really long time and have the same interests, can you name the top five events that you have been to together that were just really cool or dope? I'll go number one. Being at Union Square Club in New York City, hip-hop club in New York City, DJ Red Alert performing, Sparky D, look her up, on stage, performing, and I fainted in the club. This is 1986. That's it. That's it. Uh, what what comes to mind with you, Moody? Oh, that uh, fresh, what, remember that Fresh Fest in Long Beach? Run DMC, oh, LL Cool J. That was 1984, no, 85. It was a concert out in Long Beach, California. We had we didn't go, but we was outside. And we saw Cool J, Run DMC, Jam Master J, and all of them. We was chilling with them. So I remember that. I'll go with being at Madison Square Garden in 86, when you could still sneak around Madison Square Garden. George Gervin was still on the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan was either in his second or third year. And we somehow snuck courtside. We were sitting in press row when the press used to sit on the, uh, right there in the front row. We were sitting there and we were watching Michael Jordan go to work on the New York Knicks. And, and we saw George Gervin and heard George Gervin go, ooh, ooh, get him, young fella. Get him, while he was on the court. It was yeah. like he was commentating the game. Absolutely. I got another one. The summer of 1986, Magic Johnson's Midsummer's basketball oh. game at UCLA. Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, Magic, Isaiah, Mark Aguirre, UCLA. I remember being, uh, we snuck into the tunnel with Sean Higgins. And yes. uh, uh, Sean took a picture with him and Charles Barkley in their prime. Yeah. At Paulie Pavilion. Yeah. And and remember, oh, yeah, we used to watch the practices, too, at Paulie Pavilion. We used to see those guys play pickup games. Magic, Isaiah, Mark Aguirre. Yep. I I'll do the last one. Me and G. Moody, I think this was 1987, walking down 40 Deuce Times Square in New York City when Times Square was still a shithole, looked like it was right out of the movie Taxi Driver, walked right past Young Iron Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was in a fila sweatsuit with no shirt on underneath. He must have got cut in sparring. He had a Band-Aid or a bandage over his eye. Walked right past Iron Mike Tyson. And we were like, oh, shit, that's Iron Mike Tyson. And I remember saying Iron Mike Tyson because he had just been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yep. I was there. I was 40 deuce. No doubt. All right, so that's our top five. We could go on and on and on, but that's our top five. That's a good question. Question number two from the fans. Yo, Rap, I wanted to say fantastic show. My question is, uh, when are you guys going to get Shannon Sharp on the show? Question is, when, when are we going to get Shannon Sharp on the show? Open invite. The dude is busy. I've talked to him about it. He said he's down to do it. Just got to find the right time. I know uh, I could say for both of us, that motherfucker cracks me up. Oh, man. 
I don't miss him. <laughs> I don't, he reminds me of my uncles down south. That that the way that manner of speaking, the Southern Georgia, South Carolina. Man, I could watch that dude all day. Shannon Sharp will be on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast at some point. What's up? My name is Jared. I'm from Southern California. My question is, what does G. Moody do for a living? Just interested. What does G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, do for a living? G. Moody? I'm a landlord right now, B. Real estate. In the Boogie Down Bronx? (laughs) Yes. G Moody Moody landlording uh, tenant uh, services are available for anybody in the Boogie Down Bronx. Yeah, don't have all these motherfuckers coming up here. (laughs) You'll be be vetted. (laughs) Hey, yo, rap. G Moody. Quick question, man. Uh, Back on the Kendrick Lamar thing. Uh, So how do you feel about, you know, like Big Pun and Fat Fat Joe using the N-word and, you know, them not being black? That's a valid question. Uh, you know, I, I'll let Moody say speak on this, but you know, I know, like in especially New York City, like black Spanish people, I could just go from from growing up around it. Like that's just the way motherfuckers talk. Mm. You know, I, I think motherfuckers just kind of look at each other like you know we're the same, we're on the same page, we come up the same, everybody speaks the same vernacular, and uh, you know, I could just speak on growing up in New York City around. Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and black people. Uh, that's my two cents on it. They're not kicking me off motherfucking uh, The Roseanne Show. Moody? Yeah, so growing up, blacks and Puerto Ricans, the blacks are usually the majority. And, of course, you know, Puerto Ricans hear us talk and stuff. We take from each other. And it means it's just a, a around the way New York City thing. And that's why they don't get really flack for it because we grow up with them. And it's been like that, you know, so, but nobody else could use it. And I mean, no one should use it, but nobody's outside of that who don't grow up together. And we kind of feel like, you know, Puerto Ricans are brothers or whatever. So that's how, that's why they, you know, can, can, I don't know if they can say it. They probably, that's why it's not looked at in any way. That's my opinion. Hi, Michael and Gerald. It's Michelle, the New Jersey rep and the teacher rep. For the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I've been with you guys since the first episode. Um, love the podcast. Always have. Um, my question is, you have two Best of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast volumes, volume one and two, your best of. Will you be making volumes three and four? Shout out to the teacher rep in Jersey. Uh, keeping the kids uh, uh, filled with knowledge. Uh, we see you. We see all the work. Uh, yes, the classic best of one, classic best of uh, two are, are in the uh, record books. Um, of course, we'll be working on best of three and best of four. Uh, probably have those out uh, sometimes in the summer. The hits just keep coming. Uh, we appreciate all the support from the New Jersey rep of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast crew, a.k.a. the Rapper Pack. All right. Those are good questions. Keep the questions coming. We're going to answer all of them on premium episodes, on regular episodes. The more, the merrier. They inspire good conversation. We want to hear from the fans. We want to hear what you like, what you don't like, what's good, what's not good, what pissed you off, what you agree with, what you don't agree with. You know how to reach us. You can reach us at 213-457-3704. Moody? Yes. 
Oh, I have this shit, man. I had to tell you this. This is uh, the new hustle, I call this. A Portland, Oregon bar hosted a, a, a white guilt Wednesdays for mm. all black people and gave them 10 bucks as they walked in. The 10 bucks was symbolically gifted. Get the fuck out of here. By white people who were told not to come to reparations happy hour. A local activist group is responsible for this. They wanted the event to be a space for black people in a mostly white city to meet, organize, and discuss things. You couldn't do that at home? Yo. You couldn't do those? <laughs> was it actually called White Guilt Wednesdays? I made that up. But it is called Reparations Happy Hour. Wow. You can Yo. This is this is the the white guilt industry, and I I imagine there will be uh, white guilt for telethons, game shows, <laughs> white contestants playing for black families. It's it's gonna be some shit coming now. Yo, that's a good one. That's a fucking that might have to be a t-shirt. <laughs> white what? guilt Wednesdays. We make it like it's a fucking bar. Like, <laughs> yo. G. Moody, last name rhymes with dude. That's why the guy won co-host of the year for the last three years. <laughs> All right. Word. Coming up next, one of the greatest players to never make an all-star team. Ice cold water in his veins. Talking some shit. Talking game one. Talking some of the hardest people he had to guard. Talking some of the greatest shit talkers he ever played against. My man kicks ass in the big three. Good dude. Can't wait to do the full Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby. Coming up next on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. All right. As I mentioned over and over and over, the finals are starting Thursday. Before the finals, Thursday evening, before game one, I am hosting a question and answer NBA Finals trivia game where you can win cash from your couch. It's easy. I've played it before. That's why I got involved. This app is called Swag IQ. Okay? Download Swag IQ now and be ready to play with me Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, where you can win money, real money. You can win $3,000 by answering NBA-themed trivia questions. You think you know the answers? You can try to cheat. You can do whatever you want. I will see you. I will be hosting it this Thursday before game one. All right. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. My man, Mike Bibby, NCAA champion, ice cold water in your veins throughout your career. And I got to tell you something, Mike B. I did a quick fact check, which is breaking the carnal rule of the I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. And I was reminded... That you are one of the baddest motherfuckers to ever play in the NBA who never made a fucking all-star game, Mike? No, I never did. That is some bullshit. I said I was blessed to just even play, you know, fulfill my dream. I was, I was blessed with that and play with the teams that I played with. I felt good about it. Well, I mean, you, you know, the thing about you during the playoffs and obviously the iconic Kings teams is you... You were the you were the dude when especially in those in those those tough series you were the dude in my opinion who the ball would get to 
Some people didn't seem like they wanted the ball. You seem like you went to the ball to get the ball to take the big shots. You know about pressure. You know about playoff intensity. The Sacramento Kings uh, crowds had the cowbells. They were loud. They were hyped. When you think about those pressure games, how long would it take? Because we're, we're getting ready to get into the finals. How long would it take for you personally for it to feel like a regular game? Like, would you have like the anticipation beforehand and extra butterflies beforehand? Because you always seemed cool, calm, and collective. Um, I definitely, um, you feel that coming up to the game. I think once we got the jump ball tipped, um, I kind of got back to normal. You know what I mean? It was just a regular game as far as being out there in the court and playing in front of, um, in front of, you know, the fans. And, but I mean, when there's more on the line, obviously it's a different game, but you know, I put myself when I work out and I practice, I put, I, I, when I'm in the game, I feel like I'm ready for those shots that are coming up. So when I shoot those shots, every shot I shoot, I thought was going in regardless if I missed or not. I, I mean, I worked so hard that every shot I took, I thought was going in. Well, you, you played like that. You were just nasty cold-blooded, under the radar, never... And, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, uh, I was thinking about, like, obviously totally different, you know, size, different comparison, but the thing that you have similar that reminds me, just in terms of low-key, I don't feel like he gets the credit that he deserves, even uh, although it's a different era, but just, like, going over the fact that you never made an All-Star game, you both are sons of former pros. You know, uh, Clay Thompson, you guys play totally different positions, different size... So segueing into Golden State, uh, Cleveland, round four, what do you make of, of this series, uh, you know, just before it even starts? Like, what is your take on it? I think it's going to be a good series. You know, I mean, LeBron always brings his A game. It makes the guys around him better. And um, the Warriors are one of the best teams I've seen, you know, maybe almost ever, you know, as far as you got guys that can score. You got guys that do everything that needs to be done. Um, and you need teams like that to win as far as guys that have roles and guys that are willing to take take on their roles, you know, are usually the good teams. You know, usually the, the teams that aren't that good is, you know, you get guys that think they should be scoring when they shouldn't. And, you know, it kind of it kind of plays into it kind of plays into the team. It kind of messes the team up. So the teams that you see are good are guys that know their role and will come in and maybe it's for 10 minutes and just, you know, get dirty, you know, rough somebody up a little bit. If that's what his role calls for, you know, that's what it calls for. You know, good teams have that. You, you know, it's crazy. When you said rough somebody up, you know, the NBA, it's changed so much even since when you left the league. And you're a young dude. You're busting people's ass in the big three. You're on the, the new Mike Bibby 50-cent diet. You're cock diesel. <laughs> you, 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 you're lifting weights and all that stuff. But, like, is there even room for roughing people up in this NBA? Not to say, like, it has to go even back to the 90s. But, like, when you say rough people up, what can you get away with now compared to even when you played? Um, I mean, it's, it's different. It's definitely different. You know, I mean, like, um, you know, harder fouls, they let go. You know, now it's just, you know, I think they're trying to protect people a little bit more. You know, in the 90s and in the 80s, it was rough. I used to watch some tapes and that. It was rough. You know, fists were flying. and You know, I mean, back then it was only a... Five hundred dollar fine, if that. Mm. And you know, I mean, I think I know they upped it, but um, yeah, I mean, I just I just think the game's different. You know, it's not like like how it used to be. And you know, times change, the games change, and people got to understand that. You know, it's a different time. 
Do you think one of the things that I, I've been harping on, and, and I hate to harp on things, and I know times change and the game change. You were a point guard. You know, you weren't like flashy flash. You were one of these ankle breaker dudes. You were like a boom, boom. But hand checking was, was still, especially when you first got in the league, you were allowed to hand check. Now you see guys flailing and fall, not flailing. You know, they're getting shaken down to the ground. And I've come, I've come up with this theory, and you tell me if I'm wrong. The reason why guys are getting shaken all the way down to the floor is because when you first started playing, as a defender, you were able to sort of put your hand on somebody and almost like have leverage. That's why you're not getting shaken down to the ground. It happens like every single game because you guys, as the defenders now, have nothing to lean on. How much of an advantage do the offenders have now, the person with the ball, now that you can no longer hand check? I mean, it's a great advantage. I mean, like with me, I like the physicality of the game. You know, everybody's professionals. They're strong. They're the best of the best. And you should be able to touch the guy, body the guy a little bit. You know what I mean? Playing against the best in, in the world. And, you know, I mean, I don't know what's being called or how they call it nowadays, but um, it's definitely a disadvantage for the defense. Defense is hard anyway, you know? And so for them not to be able to touch them makes it even harder. You know, that's why I think so much points are being scored. And, you know, guys are having some such great season. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, not to say that guys wouldn't be able to adjust, but I just think that, yeah. the, like, you know, you look at a guy like James Harden. He's ridiculous. He's incredible. You know, LeBron, all, all these guys, Russell Westbrook. But I just feel like if there was some, you know, like I saw a foul get called the other day in the game seven of the Houston. Like the guy barely had his fingertips on Steph Curry and they, they call a foul and, you know, and I get the beauty of the game and the three-point of the game, but I feel like there has to be a happy medium uh, to give the defenders some advantage and, and have these, you know, these guys are getting shaken down to the floor, and it's not just because the ball handlers are so much better. I think it's the defense. All right. This conversation is super, it's repetitive, it's redundant. You probably get asked this when you're at the gym. You probably get asked this when you're getting coffee. LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you played against Kobe in his prime. You played against LeBron. Um, you played against Jordan in, in, their, in, their, you know, in his reincarnation. If you, Mike Bibby, were picking a team, each one of them in their primes, based on everything you know, you're the point guard. You got to pick one of these three guys. Who would you pick first? And why? I mean, you could go all the way, you could go all the, way the down, down the line. I feel like I mean, me as a kid watching Michael Jordan – uh, like, yeah, I think he's the best to ever do it. You know I mean? You can look at it all the way down the line. You can look at the bigs or whatever. I think Michael Jordan's the best to ever do it. I played against Kobe. I, I mean, he's, he's not, I mean, he's so fearless. And he's, I mean, he's like a, like a younger, like a younger Jordy. You know, obviously he, he did his game after Michael. And, you know, I mean, like I said, Kobe was one of the best that I've ever played against as far as being out there and having the, the strive and how, the, how hard he worked and all this stuff. You know, it was amazing. I also played with LeBron. LeBron is a different on a different stature. I mean, the size, his speed, how high he could jump, uh, and still doing it 15 years later. That's amazing. crazy. You you know what I mean? So I mean, you could go all the way down the line, but you know, just from those three guys at different parts of my career, at that time, you know, when I was younger, Jordan was the best player. I, was, you know, I mean, in the world today, you know, playing against Kobe in his prime and doing all that. You know, on my way out, playing with LeBron and. And seeing what he's doing now, I mean, you could go, you could, you could have answers for everything. You know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a never-ending debate. You know what I mean? 
And I mean, you could, they're all great players. I mean, great, great players. Probably top three to ever do it. And um, I mean, you can't lose with whoever you take. If if I was to ask you, okay, forget those three guys, guys that you played against, who would be the next three? If you said, okay, Kobe, LeBron, Michael Jordan, let's let's leave those out of the out of the conversation. Who are the next tier of goats that that you played against? That you're like these three guys in any position. Um. I think Russell Westbrook. Mm. Um, he did, I mean, he's just relentless how hard he plays, and you don't see anybody play that hard all game. And uh, you know, play against Tim Duncan mm. uh, didn't give you. I mean, he is like the Thomas the fundamental. He'll get, he'll kill you every every way without barely jumping off the ground. And um, come on, you're the point guard, man. I know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I mean, just for the top people to come on my head, it's hard to think right now. Jay Kidd. Right I mean, come to, yeah, I mean, I looked up to Jason Kidd growing up. I mean, so he was always like he was always my favorite player growing up. So you know, I'm always biased against <laughs> for him anyway. Um, I mean, you could you could go all the way down. Like I like Doctor. I mean, I, I watched the basketball. I'm a basketball fan, and you know, I mean, I just love watching good basketball. You know, guys that work and put in the time and do all that stuff that other guys don't want to do, you know, I, I, you know, smile at because, you know, that's the same way I used to be. I used to put in work, you know, all day, every day. And when the stop, I do it after games. I do it after practice. I do, I do whatever I can just to try to get better. So when those shots came in that game, Mike, that I knew that I was knocking down because I've, I've shot so many of them. You were nasty, Mike Bibby. You were a nasty, mean cold-blooded motherfucker and i say <laughs> that you. with all due respect and affection you are a mean fucker mike all right let me ask all right because i we're gonna do the full mike bibby this summer uh face to face uh when we're when we're on the road for the big three golden okay. state cleveland the series hasn't started mike bibby's professional opinion Who's going to win the series and why and in how many games? I know predictions suck. Anything could happen. We hope everybody uh, remains injury-free. Give me your prediction, Mike Bibby. I think the Warriors win um, in maybe six. I mean, Warriors, Warriors, like I said, is one of the best teams I've seen in a long time as far as um, everybody can shoot the ball and everybody everybody plays together to win. You're not going to see a guy up there out there powdering because – He's not getting his points, and you know you see that sometimes in, in the league, and you don't see that from that team, and that's why that team's been at the top. Yeah, I agree with you. I I, I agree with you. I mean, if if somehow, some way, you know, barring injury, um, and as much as I want Golden State to win, I don't want anybody to be injured on Cleveland. I don't want any. I want I want everybody at their best, and you know, I guess they're at their the best they can be, except for Kevin Love, and I'm sure he'll make it back at some point in the series. I want these guys to duke it out um, and, and let the greatness uh, uh, be on display. Uh, let me ask you yeah. one final question because, like I said, I want to do yeah. a f- full mic, baby, because your career is so under the radar um, until people, you know, look at the highlights and they're like, oh, yeah, that motherfucker was nasty. As far as playing defense, who was the guy you know you needed to get the, the extra tape on the ankles, the extra night's sleep and an extra an extra sip of coffee before the game going into like who were the three guys throughout your career like you know that you had to match up with you were like I need to make sure I'm 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 at my best to guard. One would be Stephon Marbury. Mm. Uh, he was just I mean he was quick he was strong 
you know he was going to get 30 shots a night. So when you when you came to play him, you you got to be ready to play. You know what I mean? And like I said, he's probably the strongest, quickest, and if he gets hot, um, he was hot. So him, um, Steve Nash. You know you have to run around Steve Nash because Steve Nash is so crafty and right. You know, 90%, 50%, 40%, and he, um, you know, you, gotta, you have to play. Go through a lot of screens, mm-hmm. and, you know, play defense, and he, he could score 50 on you. And, um, Nate Robinson. Oh, shit. Now, Nate, uh, now you see Nate, you see Nate on the gram. He's looking, he's looking like he's ready for that action for the big three. Now, you said he was I a pro- am too. I, I see you on the gram too. I see you but on he, the gram too. I mean, I'm expecting the, the competition was fierce last year, but now everybody knows what it is. Um, and you guy, you're ready. Nate's ready. You got Amari. You got fucking Meta World Peace. Like this is gonna be some shit this year. It's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be good. You know, I think a lot more people will be watching. Um, you know, it broke in big time, and I think you know nothing will be going on that time. So it's gonna be it's gonna be live this year, and you're gonna be able to see it hardcore and up front on live TV. It's going to be dope. All right, Mike. Mike Bibby, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Quick hitter. We're going to do the full Mike Bibby uh, uh, during the summer. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, and I'll be talking to you soon, Mike. Yes, sir. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. I want to thank our guest, Mike Bibby. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. You know what it is. No more talking, only doing NBA Finals. Next time you hear from us, one game will be in the books unless something crazy happens. And then, of course, we'll be doing an emergency podcast only on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast app for premium subscribers. Every single person listening, hearing my voice right now is a primetime premium subscriber of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast app. Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with a smacker. I'm out. Peace. Hey, Rat, my name is Denny. I just want to say, sorry I'm late for chiming in, but I cannot believe G Moody put that video up saying that he was dunking. Yo, yo, Rat, what up? Wilbur, calling in from Atlanta. Shout out G Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Yo, man, I got tired of living in FOMO. So I went premium. Hey, Rap, boy, you the fucking sick fuck of the week. I just fucking paid for this fucking thing. This fucking thing is not letting me fucking act as your fucking piece of shit podcast. You fucking sick fuck. Hey man, my bad, y'all. I uh, I kind of uh, had an outburst about your uh, fucking podcast not working. Uh, I did something wrong, I guess. I don't know, man. But I'm sorry. My apologies, sir. You're not a sick fuck anymore. Yo, what's going on to the rap pack family? Shout out to Mike Rap and uh, G Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. This is Kevin Tony checking in from Charlotte, North Carolina. Keep banging them hits out. Yo, my man Mike Rap. What's up, bro? It's Andre, aka Dominican Dre on Instagram. Shout out to the IRF for Serial Podcast, man. Y'all the fucking best. Keep rocking and keep banging in on these haters' heads, man. Hi, this is Rachel from Arizona, your biggest fan, Michael Rappaport and G. Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Um, I received my Buttersock You Fuck You t-shirt, and it looks absolutely amazing. Thank you, and keep up with the great content and the great show. Bye. 
Rappaport, what's up? This is Ron Carter, uh, calling from San Diego, California. Fucking hate it. What? We're moving back to New York City. Anyway, just want to shout you out. Love your show. Uh, I bought myself a warm butter uh, t-shirt, uh, the I don't fact check, because I don't, and I'm a third grade teacher. Yo, Mike Rapp, I love the app, bro. I just got one question for you and G Moody. What it takes, that dope? Big fan, man. Big fan, bro. Keep it up, man. It's your boy Don from Cali. One. Yo, rap. This is Wu State. What's up, G Moody? Hey, I called, man. We get some, uh, the 50 Woe Map, man. The motherfucker, MOP on the podcast. And thank you for, you know, filling in that, that crack, that, that, uh, belly ear crack. All right, man, keep up the good work. Moody, you just fuck with the real, man. I give you props, man. 49 years old, fuck what they saying. I, I got you. All right, fellas, good looking. Uh, give me some more uh, Latin Quarter stories, too, yo. All right, later. Yo, Rappaport, what's cracking? You fucking awesome, bro. Fuck, crack me up. Say the funny shit. You and fucking Doody, Moody, whatever the fuck his name is. Keep doing you, rap Club. Alright? See you later. Mr. Rappaport and Mr. Gerald Moody. Uh, this is Jordan Rivera calling from Raleigh, North Carolina. Big, big fan of their podcast. Anyways, um, I want to cut to the chase and say uh, I am a millennial and I think you guys shit on millennials a little bit too much. Hey, what's up, rap? This is Eric of Philly. Big fan. Love the podcast. Best thing out there. I just had to call and comment when I heard the emergency podcast about uh, when the uh, Cavaliers won it and are going to the finals. And G. Moody, last name rounds of duty, had to come around and say that Michael Jordan is ranked third after LeBron and Kareem. Come on, son. You smoking, man. Oh, and by the way, that wasn't no dunk, G. Moody. Sorry, bro. We was rooting for you. That wasn't no dunk. Fuck you. Hey, yo, Rap, big fan, man. Got your premium podcast. But I got to say, man, I know you're a huge NBA fan, and I listen to your show every day. But uh, it'd be nice if we can get a few MLB players on there. You know, we're not all basketball fans, my man. And uh, this is Tom from Boston, big listener. And I uh, love you guys. Thanks. Rap, Moody, Dust Brothers, boy, any, any on the rocks. I got a hot take. The young Boston boys, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward get back. Kyrie Irving will have more chips when it's all said and done than the so-called king of Cleveland, a.k.a. Leadland. Celtics is coming. I'm not even a Boston fan, but fuck it. The Celtics is coming.